Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us here on episode five, season one of The Standoff with Brad and Sanj here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here every Wednesday, as you know, and we're on, on Facebook Live and throughout the season. And I'm here, I'm, I'm joined by my fellow colleague, Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. What an interesting weekend of football with a few blowouts and upsets we had. Yes, it certainly is, has been an interesting weekend. Um, you know, some very, very... Um, interesting upsets, as you say, uh, a game of the round in the Eels and the Raiders, um, a thumping um, for, to our lads, and unfortunately, um, you know, uh, a disappointing end for the Broncos week as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as always, we're going to cover all that you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a wrap-up of round seven, preview of round eight, and news on rugby league from around the world, including the women's game. So just tune into your rugby league news. It's time for the top stories of the week. Yes, and um, in, in the top stories this week, obviously, uh, the top stories, uh, you know, basically consist around the New Zealand Warriors again. Um, players are wanting to come home. Uh, there's a little bit of doubt within the within the team uh, as to what's happening going forward with the senior players. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, Brad. Yes, so I had a little bit of a read of a new article that's just come up. Uh, the three players in question were David Fusatua, Ignatius Parsi, and Ken Mamalo. Their families have actually had their, their visas declined, which is causing the issues. So it sounds pretty certain that after the Sharks game in a couple of weeks, they'll be coming home, those three. And the Warriors have actually started looking at lone players to bring in to replace them on the wings. Oh, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, so their visas have not been accepted to enter Australia, and that is the reason why they're coming home. Um, I guess on a positive note, um, Simon Mannering is to assist in the new in the new coach selection at the Warriors. Um, I guess a lot of people might be asking, why isn't he actually putting his hand up? Does he want a coaching gig? Um, do you think he could be a good coach, Brad? I. It's too early to tell. He's had a little bit of coaching experience in Brisbane. He actually helps with the the women's team over there for a little bit last year with Corey Parker he possibly could it's just it's very it's too early for a guy like him to get a, a first grade gig 
could see him maybe coming in as an assistant, but I think it was very important to bring a guy like Mannering into the fold for selecting a new coach because at the moment it's the owners and Cameron George. There's no one with a league background as such there, so they can get a good coach on paper, but if he's actually going to be a good coach on the field, you need you need one of those experienced footballers to um, see if they're just blowing smoke or if they actually have have the goods. Yeah, it's um it's becoming less and less interesting, I guess, from a Warriors fan perspective. Um, even last week, I think I saw on the, the the television there that basically, you know, they still had the support. There were hackers being done, and um, quite a few uh, Warriors supporters had come out um, to support the lads over there. Uh, but obviously, like this new, you know, this new um, the, this new time under the new coach for the rest of the season, it is really going to be a testing time, and I just don't see too much positivity coming out of the rest of the season for the Warriors. Um, I think it was a re- even poorer move than I initially first thought to leave Stephen Kearney or to sack Stephen Kearney um, so early on in the piece. Um, now I think it's going to come back to really hamper their season and, dare I say, fans, members for next year, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, unfortunate times. Let's hope they can turn it around. Yeah, and they've got a good chance with uh, the team they're facing this week, which leads <laughs> into our next bit of news, which is Anthony Seabolt from the Broncos. There's there's rumours and questions um, across the ditch that he's lost the locker room and um, the Broncos aren't very happy. Yeah, there's um, a lot, lot to be said about Anthony Seabolt this week. Obviously, he's still coming out and saying that he is the right man for the job. Um, he doesn't have the full respect of the players. They're not adhering to his very difficult um, style of play, apparently. So, look, we'll cover all of that off in um, the, you know, the Broncos' defeat later on. Um, but, yeah, I think that, um, you know, during round seven, another key point to note is that um, plenty of injuries during this round, uh, the faster pace perhaps causing these injuries, Brad. Yeah, I think it's a big possibility. This this quicker pace seems to be putting a lot of pressure on um, the body and there's not including the Warriors before the break, but there was two ACLs in the weekend for the Roosters and everyone seems to be falling apart, which isn't good for your your team, especially with a short season. You lose someone for two to three weeks. That's a big chunk of this current season. So um, I'm not sure if it's – it can't be an issue with conditioning because it's happening to every team. And um, a lot of other teams – there's a lot of teams with good conditioning that have fallen apart. The Roosters, um, Parramatta – so um, it could be okay. So I guess we've got to just see if there's the injuries continue to keep going and keep climbing, and what that means for the end of the season. Yeah, like you say, the Roosters with two ACLs. Um, we'll cover that a little bit later on, but yeah, that's going to put a lot of pressure on you know uh, the likes of Kerry and their hooker as well. They're, they're going to be under immense pressure for I guess the back end of this season to see it through because those are season-ending injuries. And you're right, um, you know, it's not just them. Most teams are uh, suffering as a result of injuries, um, from the injuries. Obviously, the Warriors were pre-season, well, not pre-season, but mid-season, I guess you could say, COVID break. So their injuries weren't so much inflicted after the play. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, And that leads us on to, obviously, um, you know, uh, the Kangaroos versus All Blacks uh, game that's been talked about heavily this week. And, um, yeah, I just think, personally... Um, uh, New Zealand Rugby League have come out this week and said that, you know, hey, hang on a minute, why are we trying to encourage a, a game of versus the All Blacks, a, a Kangaroos game versus the All Blacks? We're in New Zealand Rugby League. We need 
the financial support just as much as any other sporting organization. We're a league team, they're not. Uh, and I, I have to tend to agree, um, you know, as a as very much a league enthusiast, obviously. I mean, everyone would like to see a Kangaroos versus All Blacks game, you know, as, as, as a one-off or as a, um, I don't know why you can call it, an exhibition game, perhaps. Yeah, everyone would like to see that, but now is not the right time for that. Um, you know, New Zealand Rugby League is a fairly small, you know, it's not a larger organisation of the leagues around the world, and they're, they're more um, dire need of Test Rugby League more than anyone, I would say, Brad. Definitely. I think it would be a great spectacle to watch, but yeah, I think <laughs> I think the Kiwis um, need a bit more bit more love from the kangaroos the kangaroos never seem to want to play the kiwis they'll play they'll even play a union team instead of the kiwis so they they need to show them some love um even if you can't get the kangaroos get a tonga kiwis game at eden park or something just have some league there's no we haven't got to watch any live league here um so far this year so yeah i think get get some kiwis over get some tongans over kangaroos whatever just have something happen yeah, I think that I think inevitably they will do something um, at the back end of the season or early next year. I think uh, you know it would be good to see international rugby league or even you know rugby league for that matter being played on this side of the Tasman uh, in twenty twenty because it looks unlikely. Um, but in saying that, let's crack into uh, round seven on on Thursday night. We had the Panthers uh, defeating the Rabbitohs twenty points to twelve. Um, Brad, how did you see this one play out, mate? I thought it was a good game, but um, Latrell Mitchell unfortunately picked the wrong night to to stop his um, his great form that he's had the past couple of weeks. He had um, three errors, a simbin, um, bit of a shocking night. I know there's there's news that the being away from the families negatively affected him, and Wayne Bennett's been working with him quite a bit to try to keep him mentally there. Um, I don't know if it was just a bit too much or just an off night. I'm sure we'll see a better Latrell Mitchell this week, but um, it's yeah, a bit of a shame for him. But on the other side of it, you had Nathan Cleary, who uh, a couple of hours beforehand was um, stuck in hospital with, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's... There you go. You got it. Um, which is some infection and he was stuck, looked like he wasn't even going to be playing. And then he came out and had the game of his life. Um, Six broken tackles over a hundred running meters um, steered the Panthers to victory and made the the Panthers look like a very scary team for the rest of this year. Well, yeah, he's um, running on the inside of Coruscant as well. And Nathan Cleary, that was the most courageous uh, performances of the season. Probably one of the most courageous performances over the last five, even 10 years. Um, you know, that was a, a fantastic game from him. He's owning this football. He's owning this football side. I mean, to be in hospital the day before, you know, with his head swollen, you know, it shows the great character of the young lad, uh, particularly since he had to come out of all of that COVID-19 rubbish, which we, we discussed, I think, in our first episode, Brad, that it was actually just rubbish and let him just play the game, hanging out with a couple yeah. of girls at the party. I mean, big deal. I mean, at the end of the day, he's starting to prove um, his worth. Um, and the thing is, he's um, putting it down to the tutelage of Trent Barrett, um, who he has said that has been a huge influence on his running game. Um, and if you saw it the weekend, how many times Cleary ran at the line when there was an opportunity rather than kicking over the top or looking to pass, um, I think that he's picking up a thing or two from Barrett, who, of course, was a fantastic ball player, but also a good ball runner. So um, I think that, you know, he's learning a lot under Trent. And, um, yeah, like you say, this Panthers team is becoming uh, quite lethal. Hey, look, it wasn't a... Uh, it, it was a pretty fairly comprehensive win, I thought, even though it's only 20 points to 12. 
the Rabbitohs yeah. never really looked like winning. Um, you know, they had a pretty bad week with you know, good old Bennett out in the media fronting calls for, you know, he has to make a decision that the players know that he's going to be there next year. So they're all sort of making, um, you know, making uh, stories up. And I think that a little bit of that pressure perhaps has fallen onto the players. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's going to be tough, but um, the best teams get through adversity. So it'd just be interesting to see where they are in a couple of weeks. And um, unfortunately, that leads us into the next game, which was Friday night with the Storm defeating the Warriors 50-6. to uh, It's actually the first time since 1931 <laughs> that uh, a mid-season replacement coach has been kept scoreless at halftime. So um, pretty brutal game to watch. What were your thoughts on the match? Yeah, very disappointing uh, watch indeed. Um, look, it was it was it was just going from bad to worse, really. That game, uh, and you know, basically ha- having to you know watch it well, was quite painful. Um, I didn't expect it. Like I, I, I honestly thought that this Warriors side would have a little bit more um, a little bit more pride about their uh, game. Uh, come come Melbourne because of what's happened in recent times, COVID nineteen. Cerny's sacking, uh, Kearney's sacking. Sorry, um, but the reality is, Peyton was actually questioning the bravery of some of the players who are planning to come home. Now, now that's really disappointing. If your coaches sort of can see that you know you're not putting your body on the line because of the potential that you're going to be ending your season short, well, you shouldn't be there in the first place. I feel, um, and you, you did mention those players earlier that are planning to come home. Okay, we don't have any idea what kind of emotional impact or what kind of, um, uh, you know, psychological impact even perhaps it's having on them from being away from their families and basically in isolation, okay, they can get crowds to their games up there. But it must be tough. But in saying that, I mean, they've had a lot of support. They've chosen to do that. I think that, you know, they should just suck it up and and keep going and, and try and make something of the rest of the season. Try and make eighth, eighth spot. I mean, it's tough. But uh, as, as I saw on the TV earlier, I think in 2009, um, you know, we beat Melbourne from being eighth and uh, a famous um, Michael Witt try on the corner um, after a Manu Vodavai break. And I just saw Nathan, uh, sorry, Ivan Cleary celebrating that. It was just on the television a little earlier. So it reminded me of good times. But um, at the moment, they look few and far between Bradley. Yeah, uh, I thought they were actually competing quite well for the first 10 minutes. And then once the Storm scored that first try, it might be a bit with what Peyton was saying with the bravery. feel like the moment they had that try go against them, they dropped their heads and they were never back in the match. They they had some chances where it looked like it, but they just weren't 100%. And you have to be 100% against the Storm. Um, you can't turn up with your second best and expect to be anywhere close to them. And um, they, the storm had some adversity too. They lost Cameron Munster early in the game. When I saw him go off, I thought we've actually got a shot here. Uh, It just wasn't (laughs) to be. Um, One thing that everyone's been talking about is after the game, Cameron Smith, Ryan Hoffman and Craig Bellamy went into the sheds and actually spoke to the Warriors team and we have it. We don't know word for word what was said, but um, I know some fans have come out saying it's quite condescending. I don't think so. Knowing that if it was maybe just Cameron Smith, maybe people would say that. But Ryan Hoffman's played with most of those boys. Um, Adam Blair, Tohu Harris, and the Blake Green have all been with, played with Cameron Smith, played under Bellamy, so they know them. They 
have kind of got a mini version of what's um of what the warriors are coming through with them not allowed to go back to to victoria so they are kind of understanding a little bit of what the warriors are going through in a little small part so i think it was a nice gesture especially losing kearney um getting getting thumped um they can't be feeling that great so even if it was classes condescending for some people i think it was it was good the the Warriors might be feeling a bit isolated over there at the moment. They don't have as many fans that can show up to the games. So um, they might need a little pick-me-up from someone, and they, they lost their father figure in Kearney. Um, so, yeah, if Bellamy and that want to want to talk to them, I think all the clubs are talking to them after the game on the field anyway, just saying thanks for keeping the competition alive. So, like you said, it's going to be a long road, but um, hopefully they can show some fight. Yeah, I don't know if condescending is the word that I'd use. I mean, like, I just think that um, if you're Roger Tuovasa-Shek and, you know, uh, Bellamy, Smith, walk in, I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel that it is necessary for them to walk in right now? I mean, it's a bit of a kick in the balls. It's a bit of a low blow. I'm not saying it's condescending. I think it's a great gesture. But I don't know if Warriors seniors would have been taking it like, hey, yeah, look, we really need this. Um, Thank you for coming in. You know, like, it was almost a little bit embarrassing, to be fair. I mean... You know, the storm had just well and truly dumped them, and they've gone into the to our dressing room and basically given it to us like, "Hey, look, this is not how you should be playing. You need to pick up your game. We got the support of the fans. You got the support of the other clubs. Come on, lads." Um, I don't know if it's going to make any difference. I just think that it's got to come from within. At the moment, the within is wanting to get on the plane and come home. In some, in terms of some players, so it's going to be a long season. Um, hey, look, on a positive note, they're getting Jack Hetherington um, on loan from the Panthers. That will certainly, um, you know, uh, give them a little bit more of a tighter movement around that middle area of the park. Um, and I have to say that, um, you know, later on this week, the game, the poorest game of the season, I think, perhaps of the last five or even maybe ten years, unfortunately, is going to be the Warriors versus the Broncos. It is a must-watch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, a bit facetious there, but I think on the money. Um, that leads us to the the next game on Friday night, which was the Roosters' um winning closely uh 26 to 12 over the dragons um roosters were hit with injuries and had the class to get the win but i was surprised by how close it actually was i was expecting a cricket score i wasn't expecting a cricket score in this one i think uh brad the this dragons team after a couple of weeks ago i said they found their sort of mojo you know ben hunt um he's, he's coming off and playing great role in that dummy half region uh dufty having a great game again at the back second 5-8 like we talked about the other day. So I think that they are starting to play some football how they meant to play. And just you know, a little bit of pressure has gone off McGregor and the Dragons over the past couple of weeks because of the results that they've been bringing in. But not just that. When they're losing, they're not losing too badly, I guess you could say. Uh, the 18-0 Warriors loss was a bad one, I guess, because they were kept scoreless. I think most people have forgotten about that by now. I think that a repeat of that game now would probably see the Dragons beat us, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, I think um, for the for the for the Roosters though, um, Jesus Carey is a, is some player, isn't he? I mean, he's had the most yeah. uh, since two thousand since start of two thousand nineteen. He's had sixty seven try assists. That's fifteen ahead of the next best half in the competition, plus seventy one line break assists. Um, he's the most courageous player in the comp. He runs at the line. He he is absolutely amazing, and I think that you know he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for many years to come. And you know, yeah, like I said, it wasn't a bad game from the Dragons. Um, Morris had a blinder as well from the Roosters' perspective. 
um, and he just refuses to grow old, that fella. He's just getting better with age. So I guess if his brother was back on the – his brother's um, an injured injured on the opposing side, isn't he, Brad? Um, yeah, no, they're, they're both playing together now. Um, All right. Yeah, but one of the yeah one of the he's injured at the moment, but he should be back soon. Yeah, and I think um you know obviously when we talk about those ACLs earlier on um two two career uh, season sock career season sending uh, season ending injuries uh, to Verilis uh, and Radley um of course in the hooking position there, so it's going to put huge pressure on Jake Friend um, and Kerry for the rest of the season. So there there could be um a few losses come their way as a result perhaps. Um, of, of of a depleted hooker and a, a overworked five eight, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. I think um, yeah, the injuries are never good, but they have some good depth at the Roosters, so I, I think they'll be okay. But yeah, don't think you'll be seeing them go undefeated for the rest of the the season after the COVID break. That's for sure. You know, and that takes us into our first game on Saturday evening. We had the Cowboys up against the Knights, and a shock of the round for me. Um, at 32 points to 20, the Cowboys defeating the Knights at Queensland Country Back Stadium in Townsville. Um, yeah, I was absolutely um, shocked to the system this game. I didn't see it coming. Uh, you know, a bit of complacency there uh, on behalf of the Knights. I think they've come out and admit that, you know, they've had a few good wins and they have, perhaps they have been a little bit complacent. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was definitely a surprise game, um, Brad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Cowboys came out swinging and um, looked way better than they've looked for the basically the past month. Um, when you think what the Warriors did to them a few weeks ago, uh, you would expect the, the Knights to tell them up, and especially the Knights were behind 26-0, and they did give them a scare, so the Knights showed, showed that they did have what it takes. It wasn't just a complete off night. They had the skill there. They just left it a bit too late, I think, and um, the Cowboys were just good enough to hold on and um, get that win very much needed as well. And they were looking like they were going to end up sitting at the bottom like um, the rest of us at the moment. Um, But yeah, again, Daniel Safiti had another great night on the losing side. Um, Possibly the Knights were just a bit too complacent. They might've chalked this up as a win already and um, we're, we're punished for it really. Yeah, Paul Green has come out um, this week and he's basically said that it didn't matter who we were going to be playing. Um, we were more committed, we were more amped and we would have beaten any side on the weekend after the criticism they received in previous weeks. Johnson under the pump, um, I think uh, a really pleasing... Oh, sorry, we've got a... That's the other game. My apologies. I'm, I'm, sorry, I forgot to mention that we're now talking about the um, Dragons... Uh, sorry, these sequels. I'm getting a bit lost here on my um, news Cowboys feed we're still on the Cowboys Knights at the moment. Um, oh, Cowboys Knights, yeah. My apologies, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I think um, there was a lot of pressure. People were asking for Paul Green's head. So it was good to see his team step up and put a performance on to show that they, they can, they're still playing for him. Um, they've got some good players there. And um, if they can keep putting tough wins like this together, they might actually have a shot at making playoffs. No, you know, I, I think I know where I got confused there. Paul Green, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a former Cronulla Shark. And um, I think that I was looking at Paul Green there and Sean Johnson just popped in my head because he had such a great game in the weekend for once. And we'll, we'll cover him off a little bit later on. But no, Paul Green, yeah. Al Malolo, McLean, Maguire. The Cowboys forwards just rolled right through um, their counterparts. And 
you know, that enabled their very inexperienced and young spine of Clifford Drinkwater and Holson. And Hassana, this this other chap who's playing his third NRL game at fullback, I don't even know if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, that, that, that inexperienced spine, um, you know, they, they managed to be the goods on the weekend. Yeah, they're missing they're missing Michael Morgan, but the those young players are, are getting together and I think we're gonna see it a lot more, but they took Ponga out of the game. It used to happen a lot with the Warriors when we first got Roger, where teams are kicking <laughs> out. Instead of kicking to the fullback, they're kicking for the for the sidelines and you completely take the fullback out of the game. And I think watching them dismantle Ponga like that, I think you're going to see a lot more teams do that against the Knights. So the Knights could have some trouble if they can't get Ponga into the game in other ways. Yeah, and then obviously, like, you know, they took out um, Ponga yesterday, but that didn't really give much opportunity for Mitchell Pierce to play the planned game that he wanted to. He had a very much, you know, an orchestrated uh, kind of game plan for the Cowboys, and it didn't pay off early on, and he had to go to plan B, and unfortunately, there just wasn't one for, uh, you know, Mitchell Pierce on the night. And unfortunately, he was left stranded somewhat. And, you know, um, the Knights went down um, and they, they're, they're pretty disappointed about it. They've come out and said, obviously, Safiti had had an um, interview on the television, basically come out and said, yeah, hey, look, perhaps we were a little bit complacent. But we'll just have to wait and see if they can bounce back. So moving right along, we'll go on to Saturday night's other games. And we had the Broncos um, up against the Titans. And woohoo, the Broncos uh, getting beaten by younger brother, 30 points to 12. Quite a clubbing, I would say. Um, so, yeah, this one was um, an interesting game. I, I did call it a bit of a thumping by younger brother. Um, and, yeah, just uh, an absolute, an absolute, um, absolute chaos going on at the Broncos at the moment. Darius Boyd has come out. Um, they're in crisis. He has, he has an idea as to what is going on, he believes, but he's not willing to go public. Seabold, he's been rushed to board meetings. His players are not adapting or struggling with this complexity of his play. And, yeah, in press conferences, he's just without answers. So they are under the pump. He still, have a, however, thinks that he's still the right man for the job. Um, and since they've invested so much in him and he's made radical changes, um, I guess they have to stick with him at, at least until the end of the season. Uh, he's struggling to make the decisions that they need to make, I think. Um, you know, Anthony Milford is not performing, um, hasn't performed that well over the last couple of seasons. He's a 2015 man of the match, basically, in the grand final Um you know, and since then he's even played Origin, but he just needs to perform better if this Brisbane side has any chance of salvaging anything in 2020. Yeah, it's it's looking bad. At halftime, they were down 22-0. They were booed off the field by their own fans, which I don't think you could ever say has happened to a Broncos team before. Um, fans and players or former players have <laughs> been quite, quite critical of... Um, the Broncos laughing after the game. Isaac Luke was targeted. I think he's a bit hard done by. I understand the um, the feeling because there was a Warriors game a few years back where they got spanked by the Panthers and they were joking around after the game and it wasn't a good look. Um, but Isaac Luke's been there five minutes and he was talking to Sam Lasoni and they were both basically playing for the Warriors not that long ago, probably the first time they've seen each other. So it's been a bit out of context, but you've got to read the room. Um, you're lost five in a row now. You can't really be seen. Maybe maybe leave that to, to after the game. Um, yeah, maybe leave that one for the dressing rooms, I think, um, you know, laughing around and goofing around. I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is. This shouldn't be happening. You can have yeah. a laugh and a chuckle after a good win or a close draw or, or a close win, sorry. 
you know, when, you, you know, let's say it's a 20 to 18, both teams have played exceptional football, completion rate is high, error rate is low. Yeah, have a good laugh and a cuddle after that. But, I mean, not when you're just getting dicked and no. coming out and played like they did against the Titans. That was an embarrassing loss for them. They, I believe, are at the bottom of the ladder, aren't they? So we'll just have to, we'll have a look at that a little bit later on. But um, on a, on, for, the, for the Titans, Ash Taylor, he absolutely just dismantled them. He had one of the best games I'd say he's played in a long time. Um, and on the back of the Titans, um, you know, achieving 20 out of their 20 completed sets out of 24 in that first half, they were just running rampant. I mean, you know, the the, the forwards really took advantage of, um, you know, the fact that they could run up the middle. And, you know, the Broncos forwards were better on paper, but the, the, the Titans managed to run 826 metres, Brad. Yeah. I think... Um... I think I think it honestly it comes down to heart. I think the Titans they've they've lost quite a few games this year, but you can't you can't argue with the heart in each performance. Um they're not giving up like they were last year or the year before. Um it used to be if you could get 20, 25 points up on them, it was over no matter what time it was in the game. But now you have to you have to be playing hundred percent and they're like like you said, they're the younger brother, but their players are playing like their top tier level talent. You can say there's not a lot of top tier talent they've got. They've got a handful, but um, Fortuwer, uh, I can't say his name. Um, their their young front rower, um, he he's been a standout. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, he he's been a standout for them, and he would be on nowhere near the money that the the Hazes and the um, Fafidas are on. But at the moment, you would probably want them in your side. So I think they're building. It's been a long road for for Titans fans, but I think they they've got all the pieces of the puzzle and they're just getting it together. And I think in the next year, year after, I think they could actually be a, a genuine playoff team. <coughs> yeah, I think so. I think it'll be good to see them, um, you know, uh, keep growing to something good. Like um, it's a, it's a really um, you know, it's 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 a similar story to the Warriors, really. Like, hey, look, Gold Coast into the competition as the Tweed Birds first, then the Seagulls, then the Chargers, and now they're the Titans. Back in 1988, you know, Wally Lewis was part of that 88-89 side. After he had his great years at Brisbane, he went down to the coast and laxed out on the beach and played a game of footy on the weekend. Okay, but he was there, and they they did have marquee players. They had some really good players back in the day as well, but they were always an underperforming side. I think back in '95 when the ARL um, and Super League split, they were, they were known as the Chargers um, and yeah. like little Supermen running around. And then, yeah, um, after that, of course, they came back as the Titans. Back in 2006, I was actually on the Gold Coast, and that's when I saw – I think they came back 2007, correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, no, since that time, they have really struggled again. But I'm starting to see a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel, this new coach that is, they've got, the, the, the group of players. They're developing a nice little culture amongst themselves. They're playing hard. They're playing determined, and yeah, um, I, I really wish them all the best. And they are one of the teams that I really enjoyed watching over the last few weeks, Brad. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully, the Warriors are taking notes on what to do there. Uh, leads us to our last game on Saturday night, which was uh, the Eels defeating the Raiders twenty-five to twenty-four on Golden Point. It's a humdinger. Um, yeah, it was my favourite uh, match of the week. Uh, thoughts. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit, a bit more of a um, bigger score for the Eels, but the um, the Raiders really, 
really took it to them and losing Mitchell Moses for the Eels definitely um I thought was gonna cause trouble. But um in the end it was Clint Gutherson who got the team together and um he got a nice field goal and golden point to get them the win. Uh, deserved win I think. I think they played really well. Yeah, I thought it was um for me the game of the round as well. Um absolutely uh, great play from Gutherson there, um kicking his first drop goal in his career. Uh, from fullback, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. That's his position, and yep. yeah, they 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 were absolutely um, absolutely jubilant on uh, in their victories, weren't they? Um, you know, the middle forwards working hard for Brad Arthur. So, like you know, um, it was a man of the match performance. Um, um, sorry, it was a match of the round performance um, from both sides. I thought uh, they, you know, even Ricky's boys, they turned up to play considering they have been under the pump for their lack of attack over the last few weeks. Um, they definitely um, stayed in the race in this one, but I guess what will be disappointing from Ricky's perspective is that, you know, they want to start winning these kinds of games because they're just losing a little bit of momentum. Canberra, of course, finalists last year, they don't look like that top four side um, as they did in the early stages of this season. So, yeah, um, uh, you know, obviously with the juggernaut at Parramatta continues to thunder on, but on the other hand, um, Ricky will be still searching for answers and, you know, I just think that, um, you know, just, I think there was the Moses and Gillard uh, are really just playing out of their skins at the moment as well. Um, I think that it was a great, um, also a great game by the 5'8". Uh, Paulo, 120 kilos, I believe he is, Brad. He's a big boy. Um, great player. He was, um, I believe, one of the first of Arthur's signings along with Moses. So um, <coughs> Arthur Arthur knows how to, how to pick out players that maybe wouldn't um, fit the mould in other places, but he seems to have pieced together a nice little team. And um, unfortunately, the only problem I had with the game was Ashley Klein, actually. I think Ashley Klein had a horrible night as the ref. Um, he missed a few calls both ways. It wasn't anything that you would say cost a team a game. But um, with it coming down to one ref now, they need to be on the game all the time because you're watching one guy and... Um, picking out any little mistake they make. They're human, they make mistakes, but uh, a game of this magnitude, you want to be on your on your best. And I know Ricky Stewart came out and said he felt his team was trying too hard. And I think that's part of it. But I think at the moment we've seen with the Raiders that when they get into a tussle, that's when they start to struggle. They've looked good in games when they've been able to get ahead and stay ahead. But against the Eels, against the Roosters and stuff, they... Um, yeah, when they get into that nitty-gritty, they don't seem to be able to get that next step up to get that win. So that's something Ricky's going to need to be working on, that uh, when it gets into the grind, he needs his team to be there. Yeah, no, and a little bit, uh, game was mad with a little bit of emotion there from Corey Horsburgh. I don't know if you saw the big redhead. He basically um, copped a bit of an injury, but um, before which he was in tears, the poor bloke, um, going on uh, some sort of rampage with one of the opposition players. But um just shows how passionate he is about the game. And, you know, if you could get that out of your player, that kind of emotion, then you know he's going to give you 120%. But um, we'll move on to Sunday's fixtures. And on Sunday, we had uh, the Sea Eagles going down to the Sharks, and which was, which was you know, potentially another surprise um, game of the round, uh, another surprise upset of the round. Um, and, yeah, definitely I think, um, you know, people would have um, had Manly at odds on considering the track record. Uh, to give you, Scott, to give the ladies and gentlemen, to give you an idea of um, 
how bad Manly, uh, sorry, the Sharkies have performed against the Sea Eagles. This is only their third win in the last 12 years, one in the last 10 that they've played against. Um, so they are a real bogey side for, uh, you know, uh, for, for man, uh, the Manly are a real, uh, sorry, Manly are a really bogey side for the Sharks. And um, yeah, it showed that you know, on the weekend that didn't matter um, because they had a great game. Yeah, I, the Seagulls definitely missed um, Tom Trevojevic and a few of their other key players, and the Sharks took their chance, as you should. Um, you can't help who's injured on the other side. Um, I thought that without Trevojevic, Seagulls were still going to get the win, but this showed that maybe they're in trouble without him. So he's he's gone for quite a bit, so it'll be interesting to see in the upcoming weeks how they go. Uh, but the... The spine of the Sharks was what impressed me. Um, you got Johnson and Chad Towsing playing well. Johnson had a great game. He's leading the comp now with 10 triasis. But as many Warriors fans know, you need him to be like that every week. He isn't. He's a Rocks and Diamonds player. Um, but he needs to be a bit more consistent for the Sharks because he can, he can turn a game on his own. And Townsend is a great foil to him. Um, Moylan's been playing well. Um, Braley, he's just a young hooker, but he's definitely fitting into that spine nicely. Uh, Jesse Ramian played well. They just, the Sharks were great all over the park. And um, yeah, they just need that consistency. Uh, yeah, I think um, Blake Bray had the best game he's had for the club. Um, you know, he had an absolute blinder on the weekend. I mean, it was that 25 minute mark, wasn't it? When Adam Fanua Blake went off, between the 25th and 56th minute mark when, um, you know, they just, Talakai, uh, Rudolph, they just basically monstered uh, by Fafita. They were, Fafita monstered them. And it was just an unbelievable barrage through up the middle and they had said no answer to that. And Manly were just depleted um, after that. And they just, there was no coming back, unfortunately. Yeah, Sean Johnson had a great game. Um, he felt controlled. He felt rhythmical. Um, he's not, he's, he's come out and outwardly said he's not where he wants to be. He wants to get into that balanced, uh, direction heading into um, the latter end of the season. And he wants to play more in the moment. There was a couple of areas he admitted that he made on the weekend that, you know, he could have done something different. So I think it's good to hear that he wants to play in the moment um, and that he wants to, uh, you know, get better because he certainly has had a poor start. Probably one of his best games in a Knights, sorry, in a Sharks jersey. Um, don't know if it was, you know, you could say it was a fantastic performance, but um, he certainly is getting better and better. Um, and he's playing, uh, he's giving some big accolades to John Morris, the coach who under has been under all sorts of pressure over previous weeks. I mean, a lot said about the club, lots said about him, lots said about Johnson. And um, that was a good win for the Sharkies. And they'll give them a lot of confidence going into the coming rounds. Definitely. He's um, Johnson's a confidence player. So keep him confident and they're, they're going to be in the hunt. Um, <laughs> that leads us into the last game of the round, which was the Tigers beating the Bulldogs 34 to 6. Uh, it's uh, tough being a Bulldogs fan at the moment and you've got to wonder how much longer Dean Pay is going to have at the club um, yeah I don't he's actually off contract at the end of the year and I think if they keep going the way they are he won't be there next year um, it was also the 500th match for the Tigers since they merged with Western Suburbs in 2000 and it was Michael Maguire's 100th victory since returning to the NRL in 2012 um, so Maguire's approach of picking young players at the club seems to be working. Um, Harry Grant, which has, 
he, I think he's second at the moment in the Delhi M tallies, and he's a rookie. Um, unfortunately, he's a lone player from the Storm, so um, the Storm might get to go back and have three great hookers at their club. Or well, they, they, they really want him back right now after what's happening down there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I thought it was a good game. The, I just feel sorry for the Bulldogs. What was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, I think that um, it, it was a good game from the Tigers. Uh, Maguire, he has made some radical uh, changes since coming to the club. Um, but a lot of people are happy with, um, you know, Maguire. He's obviously the Kiwis captain, a Kiwis coach. He sets standards, he works hard, and he makes big calls. He drops players if he needs to be. Picked up Josh Reynolds, of course. So, and he's taken the likes of Benji Marshall out of the side in recent times, as you would have noticed. And because they're doing so well, where does that leave Benji? Um, he's not able to make the first grade um, side run on side at the moment. Um, he's the Kiwis captain. I think that says a lot as well. Like, um, yeah, uh, it's been his defense. Unfortunately, he's got the most missed tackles um, out of any player, apparently, by quite some margin. And that's why he's not been looked at um, in recent times. So maybe he needs to go away and work on that. Um, also, I think maybe it's time that Benji sort of realizes, you know, a positional, a permanent positional change. You know, he played hooker at Brisbane um, a couple of seasons ago, and I actually didn't think he played too badly or looked too badly there. Um, but again, that's not a decision for myself to make. I think that the running 5'8", there's a lot more, you know, room between a 5'8 and the ball runners, such as the forwards. And that's when you're going to be really tested on that edge of the ruck in terms of defending. And maybe if he's playing at the ruck where there's not so much momentum gathered, um, you know, he might be a better defensive player. But I don't know if you can mould your side around um, Benji's defenses. I just think that, um, yeah, he's he's going to really struggle to sort of um, get back in the side. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, this would be great to have him out there, but you, who would you drop? There's Harry Grant's playing great. Reynolds is playing good. <coughs> uh, you can't drop someone that's playing well to bring in someone just because of who they yeah, are. Benji Marshall. Yeah, I know his manager's been shocking him around to other clubs, but... Maguire still wants him at the Tigers. Benji doesn't want to leave. It's just the manager giving him options, basically. Um, I don't think he'll leave. I think he, he's he's gone away, to, but Tigers, he's a Tiger through and through. I think he wants to end his career there. This might be his last year. He might go another year. We're not sure. Um, but, yeah, his defense lets him down. Um, and at the moment, you can't afford to have bad defense because of how quick the game is. So I understand Maguire's made a tough choice there, but it seems to be working. So, yeah, there's only one other club that I can see Bindi, Benji <laughs> ending up at. Um, Brad, do you know what club I'm thinking about? That's unfortunate. It's it would be the Warriors. I think that's yeah, they, they love, the Kiwis love to come. The Kiwis love to come home after playing their guts out and playing their best footy for another club. Let's go and retire at the Vodafone Warriors. Uh, but hey, uh, that that was uh, the round that was, ladies and gentlemen, round seven. And if we go back now, we're going to have a look at our picks um, for the week. And uh, I'm happy to say that I have managed to get one up on Bradley this week at six out of eight, having picked the Titans to beat the Broncos. So yeah, we're at level peggings now, ladies and gentlemen, after round seven. At, I'm at 20 from 32, and a, as is Brad. Um, Brad, uh, must be sad after going down in, in that battle. It's yeah, it's unfortunate. the The Broncos let me down. 
which I think is what all their fans are saying right now as well. So, yeah. Um, I'll come back. I'll come back. It'll be fine. Can take a look at the ladder there. Yep, we've yep, got... So there um, we go. Yes, so, like, obviously, like, at the top of the ladder, we've got the Eels and the Panthers. Bruce is in third, Storm in fourth. If you have a look at those four teams, though, they're pretty much the front runners, and that's your top four. Um, they're one game ahead of everyone else in that bottom tier. Surprisingly enough, the the, the bottom eight is made up oh, – sorry, the bottom uh, – the, the, the fifth through to eighth is made up of teams that have all won four games. So there's always going to be those teams around the ruck, Brad, that are always going to be champing at the bit. And I have to agree now that the Rabbitohs, um, they're starting to not fall away from the pace, but um, I did have big hopes and expectations for them. But I see them a team in that bottom four rather than that top four at the moment. Yeah, I think the Rabbitohs aren't going to be a top four side, but they're still in the running for for eight. They're, you could even see the likes of the Seagulls and the Raiders drop out and the Rabbitohs and the Sharks or even the Cowboys go up. Um, the Dragons, as you can see at 12th, aren't actually that far off the pace anymore. Um, Titans could have climbed up, but I think um, Warriors, Broncos and Bulldogs, unfortunately, are probably going to be swapping their, their positions at the bottom and probably going to stay down there for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think so. I think that you're right. The the Dragons and the Titans there, I'm surprised the Titans are still only two wins after how they've been playing. So, you know, to, to, to realise that the kind of football they've been playing and to only have two wins, you know, they're an okay side. And I think that they could, um, you know, they could definitely challenge that eighth spot, seventh spot potentially. Um Obviously, they've got the Sharks, Cowboys, and Rabbitohs in front of them. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the table for um, the week. Eels on top and the Bulldogs in last place. Yeah, but now, that will lead us into our viewer questions. Paul, are there any questions from the viewers at the moment? Uh, we've had plenty of comments, but very few, uh, very few questions, really. Um, some talk about Super League, but I guess we'll get on to that later on. That that, uh, that that looks like they've got a date for it to be back. And um, <coughs> the, uh, but uh, and yeah, the, 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 they've done well to get the storm out of Melbourne um, because apparently the AFL is struggling um, to do that. So yeah, the timing there, I think, was key that they were had an away game, didn't they? So which they they're going out of town, and it's just yeah. uh, always quickly head down the shops, buy yourself another set of clothes because um, you're not going home for a week. Uh, but yes, I think that was, uh, yeah, that's that, that 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 that's that's all we have from the uh, from the chat um, right. this week. No worries. Right, quick and we'll easy. Crack into the, we'll crack into the round eight picks in that case. Um, so obviously, like we've got uh, round eight coming up on the weekend, Brad, and on Thursday night we've got the Storm versus the Roosters. How do you see this one? Yeah, so I've actually um, backed the Roosters. They're paying a dollar fifty compared to the Storm's two fifty five. Uh, Storm are a good team, but I think the Roosters, they're, they're still the team to beat. So I, I can't look past them, unfortunately. Yeah, likewise, even though they've got a few injury concerns over there, like you said, they've got depth. So, yeah, I, I also see the Roosters taking this one out. It'll be close, though. You know, the Storm side is starting to play some good football. They had a couple of hiccups early, lost to the Panthers, etc. But they're going to be there, thereabouts. But it will be a tight tussle, but I'm backing the Roosters to um, run away with it. Which leads us into Friday's night, Friday night's game, which is the Raiders versus the Dragons. Clearly, um, the Dragons um, both have been playing really good football. I think that the the, the Raiders will get, will have an opportunity to perhaps redeem themselves 
for the losses over the last couple of weeks. And I see them coming away with the dregs on this one, Brad. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, the Dragons have been playing some good football as of late, but I think the Raiders, <coughs> Raiders are going to come away, come away with a win here. Um, they're heavily favoured on TAB as well, dollar twenty-two to four twenty-five. But yeah, I'm penciling down the Green Machine for a win there, and um, that leads us to the next game on Friday, um, which is the Eels paying a dollar twenty-six against the Cowboys paying three eighty-five. Who have you got on this one? Yeah, I'm going the Eels. Look, the Cowboys, whilst they uh, made a bit of noise last week and they beat, um, you know, they, they had a good game. I don't think that it was going to be, um, you know, being something that they're going to be able to do against the Eels this week because the Eels have been playing some great football. I think they're five from six, having only lost the one. No, they've lost the two games um, now. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a pretty one-sided affair, I think, in terms of the result. I don't know if it'll be... Um, the scoreline will be that huge, but I think that the Eels will win comfortably. Yeah, definitely. Same here. I've got I've got the Eels. Uh, Cowboys, yeah, they're they're showing some form, but the Eels are just red hot at the moment. And that leads us into Sunday's game, um, which is uh, very interesting, actually. The Titans versus the Sharks, and um, yeah, I've got an opportunity to be different from you and the picks, and this was probably where I was going to look at, but. I still think that after the Sharkies win on the weekend, that they will actually um, be ahead of the Titans. I think that they've got a slightly faster brand of football. I think Johnson combination working with Townsend is a little bit better than Ash Taylor at the moment. So I think it'll be a close game, though. I, I really do. I think that those odds of 270 for the Titans and $1.47, I don't think that's really a true reflection. I'd be more, I don't know, um, $1.65 on the Sharks, maybe at two, two bucks twenty on the Titans, something like that. Um, but, yeah, the, the bookies have the Titans losing comfortably, I suppose. Um, but I definitely see it being as a tight tussle, Brad. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm edging on the shark side as well. It will be a tough tussle. Uh, I think it will be a good game to watch. But if the Sharks play like they did in the weekend um, with their spine there, I think they're just going to have just better, better uh, side on the field. So they're going to have to come away with the win. But the Titans will make them work for it, that's for sure. And that leads us into um, Saturday, uh, other, Saturday's other fixtures. Sorry, Saturday's um, other yeah other games. And that obviously we've got the Warriors versus the Broncos at Central Coast Stadium. Warriors paying two thirty five. I can't believe it. The Broncos are tipped uh, odds on favourites at a dollar sixty, um, and it's going to be a scary game for Warriors supporters. Definitely, I've actually gone with the Warriors in this one. Uh, you could flip a coin. Uh, both teams are going through some tough times, uh, but I think the Warriors, they've lost Roger. Roger didn't succeed in getting um, his shoulder charge ban removed, so he's gone for the week. Peter Hiku's gone to fullback uh, with Jared Beal going into the centres, which it's a bit of a loss, but Peter Hiku plays all right at fullback when he has to go in, so I think they're not losing too much. Um, obviously, losing Roger is a big thing, but Peter Hiku has shown he can deliver there. Having Fuss and Ken on the wings, I think, is going to help them score the tries. It's just about them stopping the tries, which has been their concern. But I don't know if the Broncos are, have got what it takes at the moment to beat anyone. So I can't pick them. And they, they screwed my picks last week, so I can't I can't go with them this week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm only going for the Warriors, I feel, because... Um... I'm a Warriors supporter. Um, let's just leave it at that. I don't think I going can say anything more. Um, uh, they, they'll probably lose, unfortunately. 
Um, but hey, look, I'm supporting them. I'm backing them in. But the writing is on the wall. Uh, most of the Australian media do think as well that the Broncos will come back and beat the Warriors. And if the bookies think it as well, then hey, it, it could be. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yeah. The other the other the other Sunday night game is the Tigers versus the Panthers. Tigers. Even though they're having some good performances, they're coming up against a Red Hot Panthers side who I think will um, take away the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Panthers are, have got themselves in some good form. So I think it's going to take a really good team to uh, put them down. And Tigers are showing some glimpses, but they're not there yet. Yeah, so now that should be a, um, a pretty straightforward victory, you'd imagine, for Nathan Cleary and the boys. Which leads us into Sunday's game, Sea Eagles versus the Knights. Um, sea Eagles basically paying a dollar ninety as are the Knights. I was tempted to go the Sea Eagles on this one, but after last week's performance and how they got beat up the middle, injury concerns, Travoyevich out. I am backing in the Knights to come back, particularly after they had a disappointing loss, and um, I think that they will want to get their season back on track how it was prior to last week. Yeah, I'm backing the Knights as well. I think um, Travoyevich is a, a bigger loss than I thought it was going to be. And um, the Knights will be looking to make up for what happened last week, and um, they'll they'll have a good game. should Should be close though, but yeah, got to go with the Knights. And that leads us into the last game of the round, <coughs> which is um, the Bulldogs paying four dollars against the Rabbitohs paying a dollar twenty five. Um, Bulldogs seem to love getting Sunday night games now, but you'd be crazy to pick them. So I'm going with the Rabbitohs. What about you? Yeah, I think yeah, I think the Rabbitohs will um, you know, they'll still be too strong for the likes of the Bulldogs, I feel. Bulldogs, you know, um you got you got you got Foreign playing well and you got a few others here and there, but at the end of the day, I still think that they're very inexperienced and um they're they're on the end of a hiding to nothing really for the rest of the season, particularly since uh, you know, the 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 lack of um depth in their squad. So yeah, I'm picking the Rabbits, um, which basically has us picking the same teams throughout the round. So there will be no surprises next week in terms of points for and no. against. We will be at level picking. Um, but yeah, that's our um, round eight picks. Head on, head on um, now to what's happening overseas in, in, in the Super League. Um, they're set to resume on the 2nd of August, I understand. A shortened competition to 22 rounds. Uh, yeah. A revi revised playoff structure. Uh, only top four teams, Brad. So that's quite interesting. It is. They're just trying to... It, it's, they've got to do something to... Um, shorten the season so they don't run too far into next year and affect next season so taking it down to four teams is a good idea it shortens the playoffs quite a bit and um generally speaking it's generally the top four teams that go through anyway and they've penciled in the grand final to be played in the last weekend of november so that they're not going to have a big break before the next season starts especially for those guys coming from the super league coming back to the nrl um, but at least they'll get it done this year, and um, it'll be good to see them come back. Yeah, and there's um, on the women's front. There's no uh, there's no indication of any further news at this stage, but we'll keep you updated on that. Um, and that brings us to the conclusion of episode five, season one of the standoff here on New Zealand Sport Radio's latest show of rugby league um, with your hosts Sanjay and Brad. And for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our podcast on iHeartRadio or Facebook. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.